Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing Jumanji. It was released in 1995, directed by Joe Johnston, stars Robin Williams, Kirsten Dunst, Bonnie Hunt, and David Alan Greer. This movie asks us if you want to leave the world behind. As is a fair warning, we're spoiling a 28-year-old film, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. I have a Jumanji secret. Can you guess? Have you not seen it before? I had not seen this before. <laughs> and I fully I fully am convinced that I thought I saw this as a kid. And our, our re-review had me going, wait a second. Why don't I remember this as well as these guys appear to remember this? And I know this was a very like quintessential film uh, uh, for for people so i i that is my jumanji secret it's terrible it's so bad bobby can you tell me when you first saw this movie in theaters pretty sure i watched it in theaters as a very 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 young boy (laughs) it's a very young bobby (laughs) i mean what was your reaction what was it like but you know for you to watch this movie for the first time yeah, I remember liking it. I remember it was exciting. I remember being impressed by the special effects, like the stampede and maybe not the monkeys so much, but all the rest of it was pretty good, I thought. You're telling me those monkeys weren't convincing back then in 95? <laughs> maybe they were back in 95, but they seem a little bit cartoony nowadays. But I guess they are the hardest thing to do. Like they had a lot of character and expression and maybe they were made to be a little bit cartoony on purpose, but fur and all that kind of tricky computer stuff. So, but yeah, I I just remember enjoying the movie a lot and having fun with it and thinking, wow, this is going to be awesome. Having all these really fun sequels that are directly related to it. (laughs) Oh boy! Over right, the next the, couple of years, the foreshadowing. Matt, when was the first time you saw it? Well, I was a very young <laughs> child of ten when I watched this, and I did watch it in theaters. Um, it's funny though because I don't remember the experience of watching it in theaters as much. I feel like my the strongest memories I have of this movie is actually after the fact because I used to watch a show called Movie Magic growing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they featured yeah, the, the work they did on animatronics and CG animation. And they would actually break down how they did the stampede, for example, how they did the lion, um, how they did the monkeys. And, you know, watching it as, you know, uh, not an aspiring filmmaker, but somebody who admired the industry or whatever and what they how they made movies, it was interesting watching it. And then anytime I watched it after that, I was watching it from a slightly more technical point of view. Mm. Um, I do. I must think- remember the like slower hippo from that show. I think they, they talked about the, like this, the slow at the end of the stampede, there was one like mm. rhino or something or hippo or whatever, who just yeah. like kind of like trotting along, trotting along behind everybody else. I do remember from a technical standpoint that this movie impressed me at the time. I don't know if the monkeys stood out to me back then. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you know that, you know, we're in the era of like, in 64 right but mm-hmm. we were also years after jurassic park mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like that damn eh. jurassic park ruined so <laughs> many it, ruined it, for, it, it made everyone else want to do cg and then no one else could mm-hmm. you know it's not like this was amateur hour i mean there's a lot of that does hold up to be honest yeah it's just there are certain moments that stand out 
Um, but to be honest, then and now watching it, I feel like the thing that I tend to remember the most tends to be the heart of the story, I think. Mm-hmm. The the story of, you know, a father and a son, of, you know, a person who and Carl who had missed opportunities. Um yeah. of oh my god, I can't remember her name. Oh no. Sarah Weddle. Sarah, Sarah. And the the trauma of what she went through and dealing with it and how, you know, because if you think about it, like how do you tell that story to people and not yeah, come off sounding crazy? There's a surprising amount of really good character in this movie. Well, the two kids, their 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 parents and the trauma it has on Peter and yeah. you know, even even with um Kristen Dunst's character whose name is escaping mm-hmm. me at the moment. Um, Judy. Judy like her pathological lying as a result, like she's grown up trying to get attention and stuff. So there's a lot of character in this. And even it's such a weird thing. The, the moment of the, uh, the guy who was uh, living in the old shoe factory, Mm -hmm. the way he tells the story is strangely tragic and beautiful at the same time. Right. Like it's just such a good moment. And I feel like as I've gotten older, those are the moments that seem to stick to me over the monkeys. I think you notice all the really dark stuff. No, the beginning of this movie could be a beginning of a horror movie easily. <laughs> well, and like let's, little, let's little talk, girls getting barbs in her throat. Like, I mean, let's talk about Jumanji. Let's this insane thing that clearly just channels to children, it would appear, um, and seemingly wants to destroy their lives uh, in ways that just don't don't make any sense. Um, you know, that and everybody else absolutely right. Too. It's, it, it's a horror movie. It totally is. You have the kids who are burying this thing. And, you know, my, my first reaction was, wait, did they actually finish the game? <laughs> you know, they, they, they did complete their quest to finish it, but they said, this is so dangerous. Let's hide it just for it to be unearthed by young Alan Parrish uh, after him getting his ass beat by his, the bullies. But it's just this really interesting dynamic where, I don't know if the later movies, I haven't seen the later movies, um, explain this. Like, we don't really know the source of this board game, do we? Why do, what, I mean, it's so mystical. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no there's no rhyme or reason. And you think about it, it goes to an alternate dimension of some sort. Where, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, there, like, at the end of the day, Jumanji isn't the game, it's the location. Because mm-hmm. everything comes from Jumanji itself. Now, in later movies, it turns out Jumanji is just Hawaii, where you have blender machines and airplanes and modern clothes and toiletries and stuff. Go figure. Go on. And, and, you know, (laughs) ATVs and everything. I I guess that was... Rock and Kevin Hart. That was the... I guess that was, you know, the the deep darkness (laughs) that Alan Parrish dreaded at night. But anyways, um, so this was just a portal to all that at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, who made Mm -hmm. this... Was this, you know, because, I mean, that was like what the 1800s was the opening mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it obviously had to predate that. So, yeah, is this some sort of like it came out of like the dark jungles of Africa or something like that? And it was right. like some sort of like device. Some voodoo magic. Like it was just some sort of, you know, mechanism to go there or like was this, you know, at the end of the day, is Jumanji the game a curse? It kind of comes mm-hmm. off that way. But... Yeah, I you know I'm surprised that that was never touched on in the sequels is the origin of Jumanji, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like that could make for some interesting you know stuff as well, or maybe even if we got to what did those original kids experience, or 
it, they could make tons of what time, you know, time period things because it seems like this board game is being handed down from, I'll say, past multiple generations because it's something they want to hide and and keep from people because look, it's so dangerous. Why are we playing this game? But you get pulled in because of that drum sound, right? You feel it right. in your heart. It's it's funny. The one thing that I just thought of that makes the sequels a little bit more redeemed is in the first movie, it's in the the board game becomes a video game. It it morphs mm-hmm. into a video game so that they actually want to play it. They find it down in like the the room while they're cleaning or whatever. And so it makes them want to play it. I guess if you really think about it, maybe that's what happened in the 1800s. Maybe it was something else. It morphed into a board game that existed in that time uh-huh. period that would make people want to mm-hmm. play it. Maybe prior to that, it was whatever kids would play. Like, is this like, uh, 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 like a Hans Christian Andersen or like, you know, a Hansel and Gretel type thing mm-hmm. that it's like, uh, or like happened in the woods, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you can't be punished unless you transgress. Mm-hmm. You can only be punished in this game if you play the game in the first place. Well, I love where we're going with this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Except that I'm imagining it's like some, what, a j- jacks and balls? Just yeah. someone's bouncing a ball. That's a j- old Jumanji. <laughs> with a little cup. <clears throat> you gotta throw the ball in the cup. Oh, there's Jumanji. The little, what was that little thing on? Like, it's a ball on a string and you're trying yep, to catch exactly. it. Like <laughs> Exactly. That's the original Jumanji. I mean, we look at it, and, and for me, I think what is surprising at first is seeing this character of Alan Parrish, this uh, this young boy who, um, I will tell you, I did not enjoy the acting of the kids. Uh, it got better once uh, uh, Kirsten, clearly you could tell she was probably going to turn into something a bit more. Um, but, but most of the kids, especially that opening scene, it hurt. I, I wrote my note was I'm like, kid actors are terrible. I felt that <laughs> way about this. And I was like, maybe if I was a kid, I, you know, I wouldn't see through it. And and that's exactly what would happen. And I'd probably take more, more joy from it. But Alan Parrish as a whole, because he's this, you know, he's, he's bullied. He clearly doesn't feel good about himself. I was so disturbed by him getting Carl fired. Like I did not like that at all. And I especially didn't like that he just looks on as Carl takes the fall. And even though you don't see the actual firing happening, then he just walks down the stairs and move move on. And I get, we have this character that is going to go through the experience of going into Jumanji and being gone for a long time, then coming out really still childlike in, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm jumping ahead, but when he apologizes to Carl as an adult in the police car, I did not feel it. I did not. I was still so angry for Carl. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? And having a time warp redemption because they get to do it all over his kids. No, I'm sorry. You're a terrible human being. Tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> Rant over. Rant over. I was frustrated by the I mean, little he, Alan he Parrish. Clearly, like, I mean, Alan Parrish clearly like had an issue with his father. And he didn't mm-hmm. want to disappoint his father. And it seemed like the last thing he... It's, it looked to me like he felt bad about not fessing up to his dad, but he just like really didn't want to be involved in that situation. I to guess I see it more like Austin, like the way his facial expressions just made it look like he was just like, Oh, okay. And he just walked away. Mm-hmm. Like, I like where you're going with the Bobby. I think that him being scared of his dad and the wrath of his dad would have been a great thing to play off of, especially because of their relationship. But the way that it was presented, the way the kid acted, Again, not to be mean against kid actors, it's not fair. But the way he just kind of he just like oh, okay, and then he just like walks away, rather than you know having like any sense of terror or like or even 
a moment where it looks like he was going to say something, but then mm-hmm. you could see like he got scared, like he was mm-hmm. afraid of what was going to happen as a result. That would have been great, but it, I'm with Austin. It looks like he's just like, oh, and yeah, it turns away. <laughs> Too bad for you, guy. You shouldn't have put those shoes in my hands. Would you have worn those shoes? Did they, you like the parishes? The parish ones, I'll call them. <laughs> they didn't look very comfortable. <laughs> but, you don't I need mean, that many uh, straps. <laughs> like, there's the cynical part of me that's like, technically speaking, like even if things had gone well for Carl, the moment he showed him that shoe, I get the feeling that like I, I like I don't know how what kind of person uh crap what was his name? Sam was his dad's name? Sam Parrish. Um he might have just been like, Thanks for the shoe, buddy. Now get back on the line. Uh, yes. I'm gonna make oh, millions off this. Oh no. <laughs> well, even the way that Alan reacted to the shoe, you know, it was he didn't even say he liked it. He just kind of moved on and looked out the right. window so he wouldn't get bullied, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just you could tell I'm feeling it for Carl. Like I totally felt it for <laughs> Carl. Like what's going on here? Okay, so let's get to the game. Game starts. He's hanging out with Sarah because you know that's the girl he's not supposed to hang out with. That's why he gets beat up by the bully friends. Don't you dare talk to my girl. Um, after digging it out of a construction site, which okay, hold on, Bobby, are you letting your kid go around a construction site without a hard hat? What is happening? We're all the adults here. I don't Where think. I don't think the construction workers would let a kid go around the construction site. <laughs> hey, little guy, are you digging out a hole on our construction site? <laughs> you probably took him two hours to do that. Okay, I'm yeah, done. I don't hang out on very many construction sites, but I can't imagine they're just like open to the public where you can just walk around. So, you know, he's hanging out with Sarah. They, he's supposed to get his bike back. That's fine. They're going to play the game. And I don't know. One of the things that I love, and this is why I was like, man, is there, I want a real Jumanji board game. I just love the idea of you rolling dice and then the board game automatically moving the physical pieces without you having to touch it. Yeah, I, cool. It's a little thing, but I love that dynamic of, of them representing how the Jumanji pieces work. And you can't move them. They're just stuck mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. some really heavy duty magnets that are going on <laughs> but we get introduced to the dynamic of what's going to happen here uh you get the dice rolled and sarah reads the first item and i think this is where we get the bats that attack yeah correct and they stick around for a long time too yeah mm-hmm. and so it's this it's where i think you get yeah that first not that the drumming wasn't an element of fantasy here but we get our first uh real indication of like okay some things are going to get wild and then you know he rolls the dice and you get very terrible very ugly looking <laughs> like whirlwind of him vanishing into the board game and her looking at the vanishing but she's really not because she doesn't know what to look at but it's okay All right um the intent is there and I support it. And I think this is why we make the comments about the monkeys and the other CGI parts, because we're getting a, it's like, I'm going to say mixed use, right? There's a lot of puppetry. There's elements of trying to do practical mixed with the CG that we see throughout, you know, all of these different things they encounter. Um, you know, fast forward to he's been gone for 26 years, parents dead houses up for sale 
and the new kids can be, why are you laughing at yeah the house you know no no it's, house. It's, no it's just the parents dead like just so matter of fact just kill them off <laughs> died of heartbreak and poverty apparently <laughs> i mean it's like it's two times over so alan's parents are dead and he's trapped in a game and and judy and her brother whose name i'm losing right now peter uh their their parents are dead they're they're with their what their aunt right nora is it their aunt mm-hmm. and so she's getting the house bringing the kids in and they hear and find the game okay fantastic um they go through the process and end up rolling the thing to bring alan back and we get to see robin williams and like who doesn't love robin williams he he really makes everything he does really just work and um that kind of energy he brings is the I'm home, I'm back. And the surprises we start then moving through the journey of wait, they need to continue playing this game. I think that's the exciting part, right? Because it's like, oh, we're gonna see more shenanigans happen. Right. Well, and it's, then we get it's the redundant like it's the reluctance to play the game was mm-hmm. really interesting. Like like they know they have to, but almost none of them want to. The kids seem right. to be a little bit more willing, but obviously, you know, Alan, I mean there, there's no guarantee that somebody else won't get sucked into the game again. The, mm-hmm. You know, Sarah, she, right. you know, had her life ruined by it. So like for a good 20 minutes of this movie, it's just fighting to get them to roll the dice. It seems. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. had to trick people to get it, you know, to happen. So, mm-hmm. right. And then shenanigans ensue as a result. Right. Although they did kind of turn it into jokes a little bit, like mm. when they're trying to force Sarah to play the game and then, Sarah finds out that they had to force Alan to play too. She's mm-hmm. like, Hey, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, the kids were definitely far more willing. Right. And, and they found the interest in it. When you, uh, what was your reaction when you, when you first saw the line as a kid, I thought it looked really real <laughs> yeah. as but an, now? <laughs> as an adult, I'm impressed by the effort put in because mm-hmm. I know for a fact that that would have just been a CG lion today. Oh, for no, sure. Yeah. And it probably would have been more realistic as a CG lion. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, y- you just look at the sheer scale of it. It was a full-size lion that, yeah. you know, from the back is probably where they had the rigging and the controls. Right. So that's just why you never saw it really from the back end. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's bad. I think that it would have been interesting if it would have been a little bit more subtly done when they introduced the lion. It just kind of was like, bam there, but I want to see the like special edition where they like deep fake a lion's face onto it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the remake. Bobby wants a deep fake Jumanji of the original Jumanji. <laughs> with deep fake animals that's a good one i i don't think i was ready for that they that's do that now some of the corridor di- digital guys or whatever they they i could see them going back and redoing those monkeys mm-hmm. and uh, that's really the key i think even i mentioned this corridor digital has probably messed me up in terms of understanding what i should be looking for when it comes to cg and so much of probably our issues with it is just because the lighting on those monkeys doesn't really match the lighting of the scene. So they tend to stand out and not feel like they're in the place that they actually are. But, you know, we had mosquitoes, we have the monkeys, things obviously get crazier with the other, the other items that come out of it. As we're moving through the store, we kind of get reintroduced. We see, you know, David Allen Greer um, is now a police officer and he's kind of puzzled by everything that's going on. 
we get the monkeys driving the cars around which was great <laughs> the the whole like the way things interacted with the physical world yeah was interesting because there were so many elements where it's sometimes like wait you don't see this but then other times I was like, wait, no, they're actually shooting a shotgun in the car and it just blew a hole out the roof. Wait, right. what just happened here? And, and they're driving <laughs> it around. So I, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed all that bit of shenanigans that was going on. I really liked it a lot, too. And I thought that David Allen Greer was really funny. Like, I thought that he had some really good lines, like when his car was getting eaten by a vine. And mm-hmm. and I mean, and a, and a lot of the, the other people were really funny, too, like. You know, like just all the reactions and all the comments that they had to just seeing things that were like utterly ridiculous. That it was just funny how, like, we talk about how in zombie movies, how like no one really like acknowledges the what's crazy about what's actually happening. And mm-hmm. I like that they did in this movie. Would you want to get bit by a big old mosquito? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to be bit by normal-sized mosquitoes, and you're over here trying to get me into a coma from a big-sized one. I know, and this thing could, like, poke its nose through the, the like, the glass. It's like... Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get introduced to Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Van Pelt? I love the reflection of it, using the same actor, the father mm-hmm. actor, to be, you know, the antagonist. Mm-hmm. from jumanji mm-hmm. like it's it's funny because alan for as terrified as he is of the things that are in jumanji he was more scared of van pelt than he was of the lion mm-hmm. and that just goes to show you know the the trauma that he has i mean he literally has his father be the oppressor when he's in the normal world and then a jumanji a variant from the multiverse mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. causing him nightmares in jumanji as well and it it's great because the, you know I'm blanking on the actor's name right now, uh, who Jonathan played the father. Hyde. Like great actor, amazing actor. It would have been yeah. a waste for him to just been the father. So to reuse right. him as Van Pelt was you know just genius. And I, I don't I, twos. I don't know if I made the connection when I was a kid that it was the same actor at first. I could say how you wouldn't because it's it's not. I I don't think it's immediately obvious. And then I think some of my favorite stuff he did is just he would make certain noises at certain times. That just were so perfect. <laughs> yep. For what was happening in the scenes, the the facial expressions he would make too. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Never mind the murdering he was trying to do. Oh, that was, part's he, a little concerning. Uh, it was, but at the same time, I'm like, I remember as we were watching this, I was like, man, this guy's got the aim of a stormtrooper. Yes, he does. But then he makes the comment. He was like, please, like, what do you say? Like, please, woman, if I wanted to kill you, I could have done it a long time ago. Right. Showing mm-hmm. that every single one of his shots was missing on purpose. Mm -hmm. he was just trying to drive them into a situation that was beneficial for him right Mm -hmm. because he wanted the game yes well he wanted alan more than anything else he wanted like alan was his end goal because he had the game he wanted alan alan like to me i think that like and they might have explained it in the movie maybe i might have missed it but like he's a hunter through and through he's Mm -hmm. probably killed all the things that came out of jumanji except for Alan. Alan's the only prey he hasn't mm-hmm. been able to get. So he is the ultimate prey for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, what was that book or whatever the movies, you know, man's the ultimate, you know, prey or whatever. So like, that's literally what Alan represented to him. And here is all that darkness. Once again, <laughs> the trauma from being a kid traumatized by his dad who just wants to kill him. Fantastic. Poor Alan. <laughs> I, it does bring into question when he started hunting him. Like, 
Oh yeah. I but I will say this, and I felt this way when I watched it originally, and this is how I feel to the like to this day. The Alan Parrish that went into that game would not have made it two days in Jumanji. Right. <laughs> Let no alone twenty six years. No. No, he he either toughened up real quick or maybe he stole another pair of those air parishes. That's how he got away from everything. <laughs> I'm assuming well, he I just did... hid somewhere for a good long time and for 26 years. I mean, this is interesting because we have no idea how time passes in Jumanji. This is true. Well, he was pretty aware of it being 26 years. Just, hey, but he was surprised it was yeah. what because they told him in the movie it was 1995, right? Yeah, I yeah, think like that's, he that's when he brought he, it up. It seems like he didn't really think that time was going to pass, that it would pass in the jungle, but not pass in, quote, the real mm-hmm. life, I, I mm-hmm. guess, because he expected to see his parents. and. I mean, to be fair, it's no different than if you go back to your old high school 10 years later, you expect to see the same thing and you're shocked when it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if he was aware of it, the I mean, it, it's a 180 from what he's expecting. Mm-hmm. So they we we get into the you know all the shenanigans nonsense, but we do eventually get to a place of resolution where he does roll the perfect the perfect roll. It's falling down things, and it happens to land on it. But we got the quintessential moment where where Robin Williams as Alan gets to scream Jumanji, and I will tell you, there's like a sense of relief because you're like, yes, finally, you know this this is a this is coming to a conclusion. What I didn't expect was for it to do the time traveling back and make them kids again. I honestly didn't expect that. I would agree. I think that was the same way I felt the first time I watched it. And that they retained their memories of the entire thing, right. which is the reason why I literally I wrote down in my notes, Jumanji equals immortality, question mark. Right. Like, could you intentionally roll, survive the first thing, live an entire life, gain a bunch of knowledge, finish the game, and go back in time like 50 years I feel like the game would figure out a way to <laughs> you're cheating the system. Yeah. I I'm like I love this idea. Wait a second. Hold on. So th- there's the flip side, Matt. If little Alan could make it longer than 2 days, this sounds like a perfect plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that that's only assuming and this is the one thing that like as a board game, the vagueness of it, you don't know what you're going to land on. Like I don't like is there literally like every 15 spaces is there a you're going to get sucked into Jumanji? tile mm. or was that mm. literally the only one so like that's the only bad role you could really get and everything past that was just lions and mosquitoes and vines and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I, I i mean this the entire movie i've seen there thinking of all the ways you could break the game right I, and i said it while we we're watching it i was like could you just consecutively just keep rolling and like yeah a bunch of stuff will be popping out but there's only like 12 spaces to get to the center of jumanji i mean i know the game knows when you're cheating but then i was also like are the dice locked to the game in a way that like Mm. if you know when they get rid of the game at the end if you really want to prevent this from happening again could you just take the dice and throw them into like you know a cement block and then take the game and throw it somewhere else and even if somebody found the game without those dice you couldn't actually start the game or could i just go grab some Mm -hmm. D &D dice throw them down and the game would start again and now you get to roll 20s <laughs> and the game would like absorb those dice. As yes. The and they, they convert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I mean, this just gives an idea of, of what could happen or since I think you've seen them, what maybe did happen with the sequels in terms of we're presented with a finish to this film of it's being found again. 
it washed up ashore in in France, and these kids are walking towards it, and it's time for this to run again. Do you think they had the intent to run it back in like another country? You mean like a planned sequel or something like that in mm-hmm. France? I don't know, because that's definitely not how it turned out in the actual sequel. And I'm using sequel very like I'm air quoting the heck out of that term right there for this for that sequel. But well, it seems they really wanted to leave it open for something. Potentially, yeah. Some sort of follow up. Yeah. I don't know if there'd be a French version of Jumanji, but I don't I mean maybe maybe like maybe maybe we're we're so overblown by sequels that we're we're thinking that way, but they were just like they just wanted to have like that stinger at the end to be like, it's not You're over not wrong. Right. We could probably all agree. We, we don't have enough one and dones and everything has sequels now. Oh no. I, I, there's so many that I wish were one and dones. And this, this is one of them for sure. That to me, this is Jumanji and whatever happened after that's fake Jumanji, Sam's Cola Jumanji. Well, there was Zathura too, which is in the world of Jumanji. They called it. I did obviously I did not see this. Same here. I I know it was directed by um John Favreau, right? Yeah. So, maybe maybe you need to watch it. I mean, maybe maybe it might be something worth seeing if it's within this world, but it, at the, the same, same time kind of it's a... it's like the origin of Jumanji. Do I really want to see the origin? It's like the mask from the mask. Do I really need to see where it came from to enjoy this movie or will it take away from this movie somehow to find out that this game was actually because some version of Jack and Rose were you know on a boat somewhere and they they had a blood oath curse and that generated a game and i'm here for these movie crossovers i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> there's a part of me that felt like this could also be in the mummy verse somehow oh yeah that makes sense i'm glad you said it makes sense i don't know that it does but i'm happy you agreed to it i want to see like encino man <laughs> Brendan Fraser, Bubby beats Jumanji. No, <laughs> I mean it seems like it's worth watching to me. You know, it, it since it has been a long time, and it, there's that element of this being geared towards. It feels like geared toward kids, but all these heavy topics that you mentioned, Matt. Like, there's a lot of of really heavy content that you pick up more as an adult. You know, I'm I'm asking you, Bobby. Is this something you would share with your family? At, at you, you know, when do you feel like this is the movie that you show to your kids? I, I mean, I liked it, and I, I think there was enough clean humor and enough family fun stuff to enjoy it. I, I think this is a good movie for a good family night. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not, there's nothing to worry about in here. I mean, there's, there's maybe like for real young, real sensitive kids, there's maybe some like adventurous peril type stuff, but. I mean, otherwise, there's nothing to worry about in here. So this is a good, fun family movie. And I feel there's only like one joke that no one's going to get anymore because the time has passed. But it was very cringeworthy now, which is the the postal worker joke. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very different time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do do our round robin now. Matt, are you telling people to watch Jumanji? Absolutely. I think that if you've watched it before in the past, it's worth watching again. If you've never watched it or you want to watch it with your kids, I feel like, yeah, there's some darker stuff in there, but I think I was more traumatized by Lion King growing up. So I think that (laughs) I think this one, if they watch it as, you know, little youngins, I think that they'll appreciate as they grow up the way that I think we did. So yeah, that's not 
talk about the tears of Lion King. Bobby, are you are you tell people to watch Jumanji? Yeah, absolutely. I I had a re- I had a lot of fun watching it, and I think that's what these movies should be. It's just a lot of fun, and I laughed a lot. I I was surprised at some of the jokes and how clever they were, and I just thought that it was a really fun movie, and I think that people would enjoy it. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you both. It's one of these things where kind of wish I saw it as a kid because I kind of wish I had that sense of wonder that it definitely would would elicit in terms of what the movie gives to you. It's there's that element of fun to all of the danger that is presented to these people, but it's like, oh, this is actually kind of cool that a game could do something like this. So, um, yes, watch it with your family, but even if it's not with your family, watch it for yourself. There's there's a joy in this film, and I don't think we get to feel that as much um, because there's usually just something something else going on that, that can take away from a movie. And this is kind of that pure joy that you can get away with that does feel clean in such a, such a positive way. Even though there's some heavy stuff going on, you, you feel good after watching this one. So definitely, definitely recommend it. As always, thank you for listening. And you just saw three monkeys go by on a motorcycle, didn't you? 